it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Straws get flung to you tried me, baby, and I cussed you. You know you had to get it, cause you're wrong and try to be strong. <laughs> That's a short and cute one. That's a short and cute one. And that was Gabrielle. Dreams can come true. Hey, look at me, babe. I'm with you. Hey, you know you got to have tunes. Bear tunes. Um, if you don't know already or can't tell, I'm just readjusting this thing. I love 90s tunes, 90s noughties. That's all me. Like, that is what I live for. Oh, I am exhausted. We've had a long day. Um, so I'm recording this, I think, what, 9pm? Yeah, it's been a long day, but I had to do what I needed to do. Um, but yeah, it's been a long traveling day but yeah I'm here I'm here and there's many many things to get into so who's talking well it's me Kalechi in the place to be and I'm just very happy to be here and this is SYM officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mum yep I'm like I said very very happy to be here big up all of the people who um, were listening last week and tweeting all of the things, I really, really loved it. Uh, and obviously, big up to BetterHelp. That's better than H-E-L-P, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode because you know your girls got sponsors. Yes, yeah, so this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, so that's great. It means that I can keep making content and um, living my best life. So thanks for that. People at BetterHelp really appreciate it. Doing your thinking, giving us uh, an app to um, an online service to help with our mental health. I really dig it. So anyway, like it's been busy. I've been busy. I can't even recall all of the things I've been doing. I know that I had lots of meetings. Ugh, just yeah, plenty, plenty meetings um, all of last week. But yeah, just really glad to be seeing another valentine's day is coming valentine's is coming valentine's is coming where is your boyfriend sorry i just (laughs) needed to get that out there um don't worry if you don't if you're not partnered like who cares who gives a shit but i just really like whenever i see that particular phrase um in terms of the bits just a mini announcement so milena sanchez milena sanchez your mamacita milena sanchez uh, milena and i will be um having this panel discussion and q and a at this mummy event um that is being organized by milena And that's going to be on Saturday, 28th of March. um, And it's at 8.30pm. It's going to be in Shoreditch and it's called Mamas. Um, It's going to be really, really fun. Like we've already discussed this um, 
it's not just open to mamas. Like if you just want to come and vibe with us and just hear, um, you know, people talk about motherhood and things like that, maybe share your thoughts around it as well. Um, it's just an honest, like vibey place. Don't bring that bad vibes. We're not doing that. Um, you can come through. I think there are only 10 tickets left because we announced it um, on social media last week. So if you manage to grab one of the tickets, then you do you. Um, so Milena wrote here, welcoming all mums, mums to be and um, people thinking of joining parenthood for a night with Milena Sanchez and Kalechi Okafor. There'll be an honest and open Q&A slash panel talk where our journey, struggles, achievements will be discussed. After the talk, we'll get into a raving. So we'll be riving it down. We'll be boogieing down because it's what we deserve. It's a safe, non-judgmental uh, guilt-free zone for women to come together, talk about their own stories, meet other amazing women and ultimately let your hair down, drink and have a good time. So come down and enjoy. So I'll put the link in the captions. I've got so many links to put in today, but I'll put the link in so you can join myself and Milena at this um, event. It's bound to be lit and I'm, yeah, I'm just really, really looking forward to it. March is going to be busy, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it so you can join us there. So as not to waste any time because I feel like there's so much to get through. I'm going to jump into the tarot reading and I think there's a letter that goes along um, later on with the tarot anyway, but just going to get into the tarot reading. So I just said, uh, you know, ask the spirit guides, like, what is the message that our hearts our hearts need what's the message that our hearts need in this run up to valentine's day um what that's become you know so overly um commercialized and um it's just like a marketing ploy a lot of the time as far as i'm concerned um yeah so like what do our hearts need like what's the message that we actually need during this time and the first card that came out was 10 of wands in reverse. So the way that I read that is like, so if you don't, um, not familiar with the image of the 10 of wands, don't worry at all. It's basically a figure. I'm still using the Lisa style, um, modern witch tarot deck. You see a figure holding 10 wands, like 10 long sticks that are sprouting leaves at the top. And she's carrying them towards what looks like home. So she's coming off like a dusty, kind of sandy side road and she's walking and she can't see really where she's going unless she can like peek between the sticks and that but she's carrying them and she's very much focused on carrying these um big massive sticks 10 of them over to I feel like she's going home with them but it came out in reverse because it's saying that like for a lot of people you've been doing the work you were so focused on doing whether it's the inner work or outer work maybe it was just your job that you were super focused on and for some people you were just really focused on trying to heal yourself and work through your shit that um now you're finally coming out of the other side so before you didn't have time to really sit down and consider what your heart needs if it is something like um you know a partnership or um a new I guess job role or whatever you basically said to yourself the thing that I want to attract in life the thing that will make me most fulfilled the most happy I can't get right now because I still need to do so much work so you basically focused on just doing work, 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 semi after work, 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 semi sorry. Um, so you basically were focusing on doing all this work and, you know, whether it for some of you was like really getting, securing your bag or just doing something. You were really focused on that thing. But finally, 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 you are pretty much, you're still working, 
but you're not so focused on that, that you don't have time for anything else. Like now you've done the work that needs to be done to attract the very thing that you want, because the card that came out next is the lover's card, um, which is a major arcana. So it's now saying that the time has arrived now for the thing that you want, that you so badly want, that's ordained by God. It's now here and you can now, finally embrace it for all that it is so celebrate yourself like that's a big fucking deal like you went in you were doing the work and they're still doing the work to be the person that you feel is deserving of all of this love of this thing that you really really want the third card that came out is the king of swords so um i this i always read this as like air sign energy so it's whether for some of you it's a person of like a you know like a masculine energy not necessarily a man but you know a masculine energy that's now coming through so if it's a partner that you've wanted this person is like intelligent they know what they want they're not always like tender with their words they don't go out to be brutal but they just say what they think it's really that simple and sometimes they get engrossed in work as well so if it's a person the person has now um, like arrived the kind of person that you've been wanting that you've been doing the work on yourself to kind of be able to appreciate them when they when they finally come into your life or maybe they were always around but now you're kind of ready to um entertain them basically or for some of you, you are the king of swords now because you've gone and done the work on yourself. You ha- now have the mental clarity to appreciate the things that are now coming to you in your life, whether it's be a job or new home or just space away from other people who like to move mad. But it's genuinely something that God is like, yeah, this is perfect for you. And I'm. it's a blessing. This is perfect for you, whether it's a human or whether it's a, a thing this is perfect for you and you can now have it and because you now have that thing you are the king of swords like you've got that mental clarity you can rule over everything with a clear head and you know what you want and you know that you can put the hard work in to get it so nobody can chat to you like you know that you're bad and you're bad out here like you know that you can handle everything so I just think that that is um you know, a brilliant energy that what our hearts need is to remember that you've done the work, like you've been doing the work. So celebrate yourself because the things that you want have now arrived and you have all of the things within you to be able to, you know, reign over it basically and and rule over it and, and, and treat it responsibly. So go true, my G's. The card that I pull from the Marcella Kroll deck is number 17, Friendship. And it says, a new ally, positive support community, a camaraderie. Um, when you uh, meditate on this, when you want more harmony and peace in your community, also use to draw new alliances and friends. And that's basically what you've done. Like you've got those new alliances now. Like the thing has come through, the thing that you so deserve that's going to enhance your life has now arrived. And then I also pulled, um, pulled number 25, which is Truth. Just going to what Truth says in here. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. What? What? Sorry, it just that just came into my head, so I had to say it. Um, anyway, it says here, Truth. A great truth will come to light. A secret will be revealed. Your feelings regarding the situation you are asking about are true. Stand by your personal truth, no matter what, and you'll be rewarded. This is a time. This is at a time to let your authentic self shine. You have much to express. Your voice is needed. Meditate on this when you want more authenticity in your life or want clarity regarding a person or a situation. So I feel like that's 
also interesting just I feel like it's just confirming um what I've said in terms of like you now have done the work to be able to see the truth within yourself um and you're more clear on what you want and because you now know the truth of what you want and who you are those blessings are now more apparent and God is like okay cool here you go like you know how to look after it now you know what needs to be done and that's why the king of swords energy is there because you you can do this and you are responsible enough to handle this the next card um from the say your mind affirmation card deck and actually um i think we'll have new um cards soon i haven't decided on when because i'm still working on um what they'll be so i'll reveal that in due course but there'll be new cards soon because I know that there are significantly more listeners since I released um, the first uh, affirmation card decks, but I'll be releasing something different very soon. But the card I pulled says, I am more than a snack. I am the recommended five a day. You are tasty and you are also nutritious. You add value to everything and everyone you interact with. Thank you. So that's just that energy. Like I said, what your heart needs is just to know that you are that king of swords. Like you are really out here doing bits and doing bobs. Like you're a baby person, a baby boy, baby girl, baby non-binary. Like you are that. Like you've got all of this on lock. Like you don't just get it twisted. Like you're not just here for someone to chomp, chomp, chomp and dash you to the side. Like you've been doing the work to appreciate yourself. So you know your worth and you go into situations very much knowing your worth and what you deserve. And I, you know, and I truly, truly appreciate it. And I think it's such a positive reading. It's really nice that the spirit guides would like, this is what your hearts need um, leading up to Valentine's just to know that you are wonderful and you're appreciated and you should appreciate yourself because your hard work hasn't gone unnoticed. So I've got a letter here from Jimmy. They've asked to be called Jimmy. It says here, hi, Kelechi. Um, I want to start off by apologizing for the BS plantain pussyhole that what they put you through. I was tested in a similar way not too long ago, and I'm definitely glad I resisted the urge to chop them in the throat. I'm not even done listening to the episode, but I had to pause to let you know how much your tarot reading spoke to me and my current situation. Before I press play, I plan to reach out and ask for advice on how to distance myself from certain people. So it was a lovely surprise to hear this topic centered in the reading. Even though I first heard some semblance of the same message four years ago, I'm still hesitant to act accordingly when I first see a red flag. As someone whose value was placed in how much labor I poured into others, I would see toxic moments as an excuse to stick around, show my worth and fix them when I should have been doing the exact opposite. I'd make excuses for their behaviour and only did the right thing when it became one of the several toxic things they did to me. Right before writing this, I finally took the steps to remove someone from my life that I should have left in 2019. I removed them from social media via the soft block method you've mentioned and then blocked their number. The next step is to do the same for a certain family uh, family member. Without getting into too much detail, the relative is extremely negative and always finds something nasty to say to me, especially when someone compliments me around them. To make matters worse, they always weaponize the fact that I no longer live in the UK against me and project 
inaccurate assumptions that I don't know my way around London anymore as if I never grew up and spent most of my life there. Anyways, I've taken a step back from the relationship since my last trip. I no longer contact them and it's easy to maintain distance with an ocean or two between us. I have no clue how I'll navigate trips to the UK moving forward, especially when I can't say one thing to a relative without them telling the rest. They also live a road or two away from my nans who I spent the most time with regardless. I know I'll figure it out as I always do. I'm sure re-listening to now last week's tarot will give me even more clarity and help me work out the next steps. I look forward to hearing the rest of the episode. I met Jodie the other day and I'm amazed at how stunning she is. While Queen and Slim is not for me, I'm glad it gave Jodie and Daniel a chance to shine in leading roles. It takes a special kind of actor to still stand out through an opportunist, unorganised, subpar script. (sighs) I'm extremely jealous you got to meet my on-screen husband, Daniel. You already know how fine he is. I'm going to end this email here before my heathen thoughts about him spill into this email. Thank you again for all that you do. Let's call me Jimmy. First uh, thought, best thought in it. Yep, totally. So, Jimmy, um, I'm just going to grab a couple cards um, based on what you said just about advice and stuff. And I just think it's... um, it's always, it's so easy when people are like, just cut someone off, just cut someone off. But they don't consider, um, when it's family, it's just a bit more uh, difficult to do or more challenging to do if it's a relative or whatever. It's just that much more challenging to do. I know that Crystal spoke about, um, you know, um, distancing herself from her dad because obviously, you know, I love the read. Um And that couldn't have been easy and she doesn't even live anywhere um, near him. Okay very interesting so the two cards that came up are um that i got out are two major arcanas the first one is the magician which is the second card of the tarot deck after the fall and the next one is the emperor so you didn't say who the relative is and that's totally cool but for the fact that the emperor came out i always think about it like a father figure it might not be so you don't obviously have to say i'm just working off the vibe that i get and so the magician came out in reverse and the emperor came out in reverse so if it is like a father figure if it is like an uncle or whatever a grand granddad whatever but it feels like more like a father figure if it is um somebody that has that sort of energy and they're um, an elder in your life um they didn't do what they needed to do um they didn't behave how they needed to behave as somebody who should have been looking out for you and for that reason it makes you second guess the magic in yourself that you have and the way that you are able to um manifest things in your own life you're incredibly powerful you know that's why the magician card came out you're incredibly powerful but because they didn't fulfill their duties as the um elder that they should be the you know the elder relative that they should have been in your life uh, even though you know um intellectually that you're powerful subconsciously you doubt yourself because it's just like rah well if i was truly great if i was truly powerful why couldn't i make them love me or respect me um why couldn't i make them love me or respect me Um, if I was really that powerful, but you are that powerful just because other people decide to move mad and they move mad maybe in our formative years or, you know, they just have that access to us that other people might not have doesn't 
take away your power doesn't mean that you're any less. They're just the fools that couldn't see how amazing you are. So I guess you said that you'll figure it out and I know that you will. But I guess the thing to remember when you're figuring it out is nothing that they have done or didn't do is a reflection on you. So keep using your power and use your power to your full extent by keeping, putting that distance. They're not worrying about them living like a street or two away from your nans or worrying about this, worrying about that. Show them who's the boss and it's you. You're the boss in a younger person's body. Like you can put those barriers in place and stay there. And if people want to go and take your business and take it over to them, then you know that these people also need some firm boundaries too, because people should know to shut their mouth. Like not something I've told you isn't for you to go and tell everybody, especially in a familial situation. So you have every right to like um, implement those boundaries and People are going to have to, um, you know, respect them and recognize them because the reason you need to do that is because you've got so many other things that you're manifesting in this life and you're trying to create. You need your magician energy. You need your magician card to be the right way up. You have to believe in your power before you can actually use it to its full um so it's full extent. Yeah. You have to believe in your power. And the only way to do that is to kind of break away from the things that people didn't do that were meant to have cared for you. So I hope that that helps. I could have just been chatting shit, but, um, I hope it resonates, uh, with you. So that's pretty much the advice for that. So let's then move into, um, share your magnificence, I guess. So, my first share your magnificence uh, goes out to the ladies who are doing Noir Fit Fest, as in Noirs in black. Um, Noir Fit Fest. I'm going to put the crowdfunder link um, in the captions of this episode um, as well. So it's a one day fitness festival, um, making health and well-being more accessible for the black community. Classes will be led by black fitness experts. So it's been put together by Lorraine Russell, Miss La La Works. She's a baby girl. I've been on her podcast as well that she does with Cheryl and it's called um two girls and a mic it was one of the first podcasts I ever went on and I proper I have so much time for the two of them they're wonderful wonderful women so um Lorraine is doing this um noir fit fest and she's doing it with Donna Noble who um is a yoga uh instructor so they're putting together they're putting this together it says here um Lorraine Russell, a.k.a. Miss Lala Works, and Donna Noble, a.k.a. Um, at Donna Noble Yoga, are launching their crowdfunding campaign with the aim of raising £15,000 to bring together a one-day free-to-attend fitness festival in London for the black community called Noir Fit Fest. Noir Fit Fest will be held at a major location in London, which will be transformed into a space for women and men, fitness enthusiasts or complete fitness novices um, to take part and immerse themselves in fitness activities taught by black fitness professionals and expert influencers, all of whom excel in their varied fields of fitness tailored to your, um, our, our needs. The money will pay for a top London venue that is globally recognised as well as equipment for specialist fitness classes for the participants at the festival, as well as different styles of exercise and fitness being taught and showcased throughout the festival. It will be a safe and body positive environment. There will be experts on hand providing fitness and wellness talks, vendors advising on fitness and self-care related products and treatments which attendees can purchase. Noir Fit Fest will provide all-round fitness experience and health day dedicated to encouraging 
nurturing, cultivating and promoting health and fitness to our community in a way that is fun and memorable. The importance of fitness in our community was highlighted recently by Sports London, highlighting that people from black and other ethnic backgrounds are far less likely to be physically active. So um, Noir Fit Fest hopes to aims to change that. So whatever you can contribute, please like go on to their link that I'll provide their crowdfunder and support the thing because I do think that we need more black faces in fitness. I'm always saying like raw, you know that they always have these fitness expos and fitness London and rare, 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 rare. Do these people ever ask me in my black face to come through? Like I have arguably the best pole dance studio in London, like one of the best pole dance studios in London. And I'm a black woman running this pole dance um, studio, doing all of these things. Like I've single-handedly changed the game of twerk in this country, as far as I'm concerned, and the conversations that we're having around it. I don't get taken to these, um, um, you know, I don't get asked to come to these um, events and do things. They'll want me to like pay and have a stall, but they won't have me as one of the expert people there and whatever, whatever. So I think that... Um, it's really, really important. I mean, I'm not part of this, by the way, this uh, Black Fitness Festival, this Noir Fit Fest. Um, but what I'm saying is I'm just glad that black people are trying to do something, are doing something about making sure that we are also um, um, part of the conversation when it comes to fitness in the UK. So I just think that Lorraine and Donna are doing something wonderful. So I just wanted to make sure that I big them up in the Share Your Magnificence because I have time for like lots of time for both of them and for Cheryl as well from Two Girls, One Mic. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, my other Share Your Magnificence is uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Did you, you, what's that film by M. Night Shyamalan? I think, is it The Village? I really like that film. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Mm. Anyway, the reason I mentioned him is because he gave a BAFTA speech a couple of weeks ago now, I guess. And he basically told um, his fellow white people to get their fucking act together, which I really, really appreciated. I love how fucking awkward it was in that audience. Like so many white faces, they didn't know whether to smile, cry, laugh, fart. They didn't know what to do with themselves because he was basically like, well, we're just out here congratulating ourselves and giving each other roles and pats on the back and, um, you know, our peers who aren't white aren't getting um, the same treatments or opportunities and it's not for them to dismantle it's for us to dismantle the systemic things and oppressions that we've put in place it's up to us um, to dismantle it he avoided using the word white black whatever whatever he said what needed to be said and I love that he said it in his white people language like white people you know when other white people are talking to you and he made it very clear very explicit what he was saying and they all understood what he was saying and they had nowhere to look and I'm just like there you go so none of you can pretend anymore that you don't know that this thing is happening I don't know who Joaquin Phoenix is dating or who he's friends with. He might even be married. I don't know very much about him. But whoever he's got in his life that's basically made him see like, rah, this is mad, this is wild. And he's taking it on and he's taking it on in a really articulate, really eloquent way. And he decided to use his BAFTA speech to speak about it. I just think that that's amazing and more white people should be speaking out about that. And I'm tired of white people who go, oh, yeah, you know, um, other white people are like this and da, da 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 and I'm not like that. No, 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 no. You can't just distance yourself from the fuckery and the violence. You too, you might be less like that, but you too, you're part of that conversation. So don't try and move yourself out of it and be like, oh, they're just that way. No, 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 you, Becky Sue, are also part, part, part of it. So you 
talk about it like you're part of it and how you plan to change it. Because the moment that you start talking about it as a they and, um, you know, them and us situation lets me know that you think that you're absolved of the things that you still need to work on. And sometimes that is the most dangerous, the one who's like, oh, well, I'm not racist like the rest of them. I'm different. I'm here to support you. But you come with the same vim, the same violence. And I even had that recently when I was, you know, looking at other aspirations in terms of widening my career. I came in contact with one um, white person who proper believes like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not like the rest of them. And, you know, um, you know, I date black people. I'm not like the rest of these white people. But the violence, when I tell you the violence I saw in some of the correspondence regarding me, I just thought, rah, you are mad. Like there is madness in your village and it's in the well and you drank all of the water in that well. You're very mad. So... Yeah, don't try and distance yourself from the violence. You have to be in it to win it or to clear it, as far as I'm concerned. So you should go and be in there and you go and sort it out with everybody else. And Joaquin was very, very clear about not coming with this whole self-righteous, I'm not like them situation. I'm not like the other whites. He was very much like, hey, white people, this is for us to sort out. So let's do what we need to do. Of course, the other white people are going to be reluctant to do anything about this. They'd rather make a whole thing about how bad they feel and how they don't know many black people to cast in roles and this and that. Every excuse to derail the conversation and not actually do the work that needs to be done. Hey, hi, it's me, Kalechi, a brilliant actress over over here where are my roles where are my roles and that's the thing a lot of like um casting directors directors people that just work in the film and tv industry um it's predominantly white and white people hire white people and then all of that keeps happening and then they maybe have like three black friends or non-white friends and they cast them continuously in things because they're just too shook to go out um, and look for more people. Um, I saw a conversation happening on Twitter earlier um, about um, wigs, the terrible wigs and hair styling that black people have even in when they're like in lead roles in big productions and it's like why is this happening because again everything is so white that they don't even want to invest in things like giving us great wigs like giving us all of these things because there isn't the diversity where it needs to be just because you're putting couple couple black people couple asian people in front of the camera isn't changing the fact that everywhere else is white as fuck like it needs to change everywhere else for everything to actually carry through and make sense but, um, you know, so Joaquin, two slaps on your chest, Lorraine and Donna, two slaps on your chest because you're really out here doing what needs to be done. Lorraine and Donna doing the things that we need for black people and Joaquin, you dealing with your white people. Everyone, you know, stay, stay in their lane and do what needs to be done because we know that Katy Perry and Prince Charles aren't staying in their lanes, but I'm not even going to talk about them today because I don't care. Like I literally, I'm not getting into it. You can give yourself British Asian, um, awards and whatever the fuck else you want to do because you're all mad together anyway I've got a letter for share your magnificence and it says here hi Kalechi I hope this email finds you well um I've just made a publication called Alafia on Medium which is targeted at black primarily queer youth I decided to create it due to the fact that pitching to larger organizations can often be intimidating and confusing when one is trying to be a freelancer some people simply want a place to publish their thoughts or talk about their art we just published our first article yesterday um, Tuesday 4th of Feb and I would really appreciate if you had a look the link is I'll give you guys the link and it said um on um, a more personal note um although the first article says 
blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, cool. I'm not reading the rest of that. Don't need to. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's really, really nice that people are creating, um, spaces they're creating spaces to share their work again just like noir fit fest like create the things that you need for yourself like that's what all of this is about like we've got to do the things that benefit us so um yeah it's it's, it's i'm just really glad so mobola um thank you so much for sending this through and um for picking up yourself and the work that you're doing and creating a space for other people to share their experiences of being you know um black queer youth like i i really dig it i really love it so two slaps on your chest wonderful so that is um i think those are all my bits for share your magnificence methinks it must be yes i think it is cool so let's move to so you mad yeah i think that that's that's the, where we need to go next because there's lots of madness this week. So my first madness, and I'm, they're really lucky that I didn't put them in Suck Your Mum, is Apple. So Apple have been fined because it has turned out that they are, in fact, slowing down um, iPhones. So, you know, before when we'd be like, rah, a new iPhone's just come out and suddenly my other iPhone is now moving mad slow. Ha 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 ha. Bet they want me to buy another one. Nah, seriously, seriously, that's what they've been doing. So it says here, Apple have been fined um, 25 million euros, that's 21 million pounds or 27 million dollars for deliberately slowing down older iPhone models without making it clear to consumers. The fine was imposed by France's competition and fraud watchdog, um, which says consumers were not warned. In 2017, Apple confirmed that it did slow down some iPhones, but said it only did so to prolong the life of the, of the devices. Fuck you, you liars. It says um, Apple said in a statement that it had resolved the issue with the watch uh, with the watchdog um why does apple slow down iphones well many customers had long suspected that apple slowed down older iphones to encourage people to upgrade when a new one was released in 2017 the company confirmed it did slow down some models as they aged but not to encourage people to upgrade it said the lithium ion batteries in the devices became less capable of supplying peak current demands as they aged over time that could result in an iPhone unexpectedly shutting down to protect its electronic components. So it released a software update for the iPhone 6, iPhone 6S and iPhone SE, which smoothed out battery performance. The practice was confirmed after a customer shared performance tests on Reddit and um, suggesting that their iPhone 6S, um, 6S had slowed down considerably as it had um, at as it aged, but had suddenly speeded up again after the battery had been replaced. Um, the French watchdog said iPhone owners were not informed that installing iOS updates could slow down their devices. As part of the agreement, Apple must display a notice on its French language website for a month. It says Apple um, committed the crime of deceptive commercial practice by omission and, and they've agreed to pay the fine. Um, yeah, so it's not only the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus and all of them, man, that they've been slowing down. They've even done it to all of the newer models um, newer models as well that are running on iOS 13.1. They've done it to them as well. And they're claiming that, oh, no, the only reason we do it is because as the battery gets older, um, it might just be harder for them to run the new software updates. But you're lying because you could easily also allow us to just um, change our batteries and do various other things. And you do know that there is a way that you could give us all of the new um, software upgrades um, and it not 
um, impact the battery in such a way but you don't want to you literally want us to keep buying phones all of the time and this is what I mean about this like hyper consumerist um, society that we live in it's just like oh you've got to get the next thing you've got to get the next thing and it's not helping the environment and it's not helping us because we then have this this insatiable desire that we need the next thing so we're up to date with everything and basically it makes us feel like our lives look better but it's one thing for your life to look better and for it to actually genuinely be better you know so I would focus on that rather than fucking iPhones or any other smartphone I think all of them really annoy me to be honest like there isn't um, I've got a Samsung and I've got an iPhone and I don't like either of them like in terms of using them for work or for personal use like I've got personal line and I've got a business line and everyone pretty much has the business nine number. But I just think both phones annoy me. They're so slow. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's disgusting. Um, but yeah, I just think that I just found it really interesting when I read that. And I just thought that this, this is just the crafty way that people just keep getting us to try and spend money or lock ourselves into contracts. Me, I'm tired or I can't come and be doing all of that over and over again. <sighs> so my next So You Mad is Barnes & Noble. Um, they were planning to um, redo, you know, like classic um, children's novels, um, young people's no- um, novels, they were, um, young adults, I think it might even be. Um, they were planning to redo or launch the classic novels with new covers and the new covers would have like um, be more ethnically diverse. So pretty much they're just going to put like lots of black faces. So I even see that they did a black face for Frankenstein, Moby Dick, Treasure Island and all of them things there. But they had to scrap the pa- uh, the plan because everyone came for their neck. And I'm really, really glad everyone came for their neck because I just think that this is so wild and really telling of the publishing industry. Fam, we don't want our black faces or any black drawings on the covers of your classic novels that actually, even if you read the themes in some of these classic novels, they're racist as fuck. We don't, and they're misogynistic and they're just vile, yeah? So although you're giving it to us as part of this canonic text that we need to read when we're in school or whatever, nobody, representation is so superficial these days that you just think all we want is to just see a black face somewhere. And you know what? Some people are really, really happy with that. They're just happy to see a black face somewhere somewhere anywhere like it makes them excited I'm not I want to see a black face in the right space wow that sounded like a bar Kelechi go you anyway so no it's not about showing us um classic um um novels and then putting you know black drawings or cartoons um of the protagonist on the cover it means nothing to us because I don't even think the experience would even carry in that way. Like you'd have to rewrite the entire story. You're not changing the story. You're not rewriting the story so it can perfectly or accurately reflect, you know, the historical context of when it was written or anything like that. You're not going to do any of that to actually add us to the narrative. And you can't because most of the people that wrote these classic novels are fucking dead. So all you're doing is adding faces to the front covers that nobody fucking gives a shit about. You know what we would give a shit about? You know what we would care about? Oh, I don't know. Maybe paying, um, you you know, paying authors that aren't white and paying them fairly, that would be amazing. You know, um, you know, when they do have books out, 
it'll be amazing if you could like market it and do publicity for it that it was deserving of the quality of their work which is pretty fucking great but they don't ever get the publicity that they deserve because everyone's so scared and everyone's so risk averse like oh oh it's too risky it's too risky we can't do that but you'll spend you know over a million promoting a book by um by a woman a white woman who stole mexican women's stories like you'll do that though but you won't just give you know non-white authors the respect that they deserve by paying them well you know and and promoting them well but you think that we're just going to be happy we're going to be so excited to see black faces drawn on the front covers of these fucking books no we don't want it we want new stories that's what we want so it says here, Barnes and Noble have shelved their plans to release a collection of classic books with new culturally diverse covers following internet backlash. Um, Penguin Random House and Barnes and Noble Fifth Avenue had originally um, up to give um, what um, twelve classic young adult novels new covers known as diverse editions. The books were meant to hit the shelves on February fifth, and the books were to be on display in their massive storefront throughout the month of February. Barnes and Noble Fifth Avenue was also supposed to host the launch event to celebrate the release. Each title had five culturally diverse custom covers designed to ensure the recognition, representation, and inclusion of various multi-ethnic backgrounds reflected across the country. The new covers are part of a new initiative to champion diversity in literature. Following the news of the new covers, many Twitter users experienced their anger and disappointment over the situation, citing that a better option would have just been to promote authors of colour. And that's another thing as well, like, that's what I'm saying, like, publicity, like, there are authors right now who um, are from, you know, various um, ethnic uh, backgrounds who have books out right now that you could be promoting, but you're not doing that. Instead, you're like, you know what, let's take these um, novels, usually written by white men, let's take these white men novels and just give them black faces or um you know east asian faces just put that on the cover and that'll make everybody happy this is just going to show you how um will willingly and willfully death like the um the industry is to the 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 clarion cry of um people who are like from marginalized communities who are like hey we want to write too we've got stories to tell too no 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 we don't want to hear your stories how about we just put some black faces on the covers of these stories that have been told by white men who are dead and you could just um you can just enjoy those and it can make you feel better well no it won't no it won't because the story inside it is still the same old white story and i don't want it i want new stories um and if not even new stories i want the classic stories to be promoted um big big zora neil hurston is there like there are so many other people that you could be giving us give us fucking octavia butler you know like her novels are fantastic like promote that more give us more and more of that like from what she's um you know she wrote uh, she wrote before she passed away like there are so many things that you could be doing we don't want stupid representation we don't want superficial representation you can fuck right off the whole industry in terms of publishing needs to change because people aren't being respected the way that they need to be respected and me i demand to be respected so things aren't being done the way that will um that looks like people are respecting my hustle then i bounce and i'm gonna keep calling things out as i see fit so um just wanted to share that and obviously you knew I wasn't going to do, this was, this was a real toss up, you know, whether this particular woman was going to go into um, straw of the week or whether she was going to stay in So You Mad. But I decided to keep her in So You Mad because I've got more serious, I guess, things to discuss in straw of the week. So it's none other than um, your girl, Heidi Klum. Um, 
she's upset because she was called a white woman when she was defending. Um, Heidi Klum is white, by the way, in case you were wondering and you didn't know for some reason. She used to be married to Seal in it, a black man. Anyway, Heidi, who is a white woman, is upset that she was called a white woman um, while she was defending America's Got Talent, um, I guess, against the... Um, statements that were made by Gabrielle Union about the racist working practices of um, America's Got Talent. So America's, um, Heidi Klum said she suffered racial backlash um, because she seemed to dismiss Gabrielle Union's claims that she suffered a toxic work environment while serving as a judge on um, America's Got Talent. So um, at a Television Critics Association event in January, Heidi Klum, who was a judge on the show for six seasons, said, I've only had an amazing experience on the show. I can't speak for Gabrielle. I didn't experience the same thing. To me, everyone treats you with the utmost respect. So let's just take that statement alone. Yeah, I can't speak for Gabrielle. So that's where you can just shut up. Just same with Terry Crews, black men, white women. Um, you could have just stopped there, but you continued. I can't speak for Gabrielle. I didn't experience the same thing. Hmm. Now, I don't know. Why in the heavens would Heidi Klum, a white woman, not have experienced the same thing as a darker-skinned black woman? Oh, gosh, this one's a difficult one. This one's a toughie. Doom, doom, doom. Fuck off. Fuck right off, Heidi. Of course you didn't experience the same thing. And this is why people were saying to you, oh, hey, girl, the reason that you didn't experience the same thing and you can't speak to what Gabrielle's speaking about is because you're a white woman. And obviously this upset her because people wanted to point this out. Everyone treats you that with the utmost respect. You are a white, very conventionally um, pretty woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, I think the works and was, she used to be a model or something. So literally by society's standards, they're not going, they're going to treat you with, with a lot of respect in comparison to a black woman. Of course they are, you idiot. She then goes on to say, um, at another, she goes to another ga um, gala and she says, um, a lot of people got mad at me. I was called, for example, a white woman. She added, I think it's important for everyone to speak their truth. I think that when there is a story, it should be told. I had a different story. Yes, but see, this is what you fail to understand because then your story as a white woman is going to supersede the story of the black woman as if what you're saying is true and therefore what she's saying is a lie. So you might have your story, but you could just shut your mouth because nobody asked you for your story. And even if they did ask you for your story, you could go, oh, hey guys, maybe this isn't the time for me to talk about my experience because we're focusing on the person over here who's talking about their experience and it's their lived experience. And I just have to allow them space to do that. But you don't want to do that. You want to be telling us, um, how you feel as a white woman. She went on to say, I can only speak to what I saw. It has nothing to do with what colour I am. Well, no, babe, it has everything to do with what colour you are. She then goes to go, I am a human, so I just looked at what I saw. Okay, because they're, you know, you're colourblind. You just look at things because you're just a human. And this is the problem um, that I'm always mentioning. Interracial relationships change fuck all. I don't know Seal. I have no clue what Seal is like. Um, 
I have no clue. But the fact is, people will look at them and be like, and she's got mixed race kids, I'm sure, right? So people will look at that and be like, oh my God, yeah, like Heidi, could it be racist because her partner's black and she's got these mixed race children? No, Heidi can still very much be a racist. She can be the most racist of the racists because it doesn't change anything that you've had children with a black person. You still need to do that individual anti-racist work yourself. You're not just going to be absolved of the work that you need to do because you're getting black cocky um, and vice versa. Like that's not how any of this works. So the fact that she'd been with Seal all of this while, and I think she cheated on him in the end. Oop, bloop. Anyway, um, you'd been with Seal all of this time and yet you still have no clue about race and racism but I guess because is it because you're with a black man I don't no because there are people who are with black men and the black men make these um non-black people very aware of the things that they go through but then again there's a whole other conversation happening there as well I don't know if Seal ever wanted to acknowledge any racism or maybe he thought he could transcend it by being with a white woman. I don't know because I don't know him personally. So I'm not going to make these um, assertions. I'm just going to go off what she said. And it's just the fact that it proves to us all yet again, that it does not matter if you've got a black partner or anything else, you can still do this whole, I don't see color. I'm just a human. And I was just speaking to what I saw. And she's so clearly um, blind to her own um, privilege that she has as um, a, a, a white woman, as a white person, as in a very attractive, conventionally attractive white woman. Um, she fails to see all of these things and just thinks like, yeah, you know, everyone's been treated the exact same way that I'm being treated. Girl, you know, that's not true. So stop lying, stop lying and making it out like now you're the victim in a situation where you should have just shut your fucking mouth in the first place. And it just really, really aggravates me. And ultimately she's finding that it's insulting to her to be called a white woman. You are a fucking white woman. That's why you, that's why you were called that. Like fam, you, every, your ancestors created the whole thing of white and black in the first place. So you are a white woman. And this is the whole thing about white privilege, that you're able to move through the world, like a very racialized world in an unracialized body. So of course it annoys a lot of white people to be called white because to them, they're just people. The rest of us are the black, are the Asian, are the this, are the that. Like everybody else gets the prefix. You guys just get to be people. And that's why when we see like um, white women talking about women, 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 we've seen all of the slip ups in a, um, a speeches, award acceptance speeches and things like that, where they go, oh, women, 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 and also black women and Hispanic women or whatever the hell that they like to, however they like to phrase it in their problematic way. So the whole time that you were saying women, you weren't even talking to us exactly because you were talking to white women. So you are the default on femininity. You are the default on personhood and humanity. Everybody else is just playing at it. Everyone else is just othered. So get used to being called a white person because that's what you are. The whole reason that all of this was created in the first place was so you could get all of your white things and everybody else got fuck all so then we're gonna have to refer to you as the person or as the construct that you exist within because that's the whole reason that you're getting the things that you're getting so we're just gonna have to call it as it is and stop ignoring the white elephant in the room okay thanks so much so that's that for so you mad and you know there are so many mad people out there and I feel like it would even help Heidi for instance if she 
got in touch with our show sponsors, BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P. She should get in touch with them because there's clearly something interfering with her happiness and is preventing her from achieving the goal of true colorblindness the way that she would want it, I guess, and to just see the world as beautiful and as having no problems whatsoever. So if you're like her and you really want to get in touch with your humanity and just, you know, block out everything else, well, hopefully not block out everything, else but if you just really want to get in touch with your humanity and and work on the things that are interfering with your happiness like I don't know people calling you a white woman um holler at better help that's uh what you should do um they'll help you to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist uh, you can start communicating in under like 24 hours it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it is professional counseling done securely online there's a broad range of expertise in better helps counselor network which may not be locally available in many areas like your area uh, the service is available for clients worldwide you can log into your account any time and send a message to your counsellor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today so you don't get upset with what people are writing about you online. You know, we don't want any of that. So visit their website. You can read their testimonials um, and you can visit um, betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp. That's betterhelp.com forward slash mind, as in say your mind, M-I-N-D, and join the over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And so for the listeners of Say Your Mind, S-Y-M, for my amazing baby girls and baby boys and baby non-binaries, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash say your mind. That's betterhelp.com forward slash say your mind. So that's betterhelp, betterhelp.com forward slash say your mind. And um, yeah, let them know I sent you their way. A baby girl sent you their way. So then let's move into um, straw of the week I've got um I've got quite a lot to say I guess on straw of the week um aka suck your mum my first um straw goes out to West Cumbria Council because they like to lie so they've been um they're going to open a coal mine um in uh West Cumbria they're going to open a coal mine there and they're telling everyone they're telling the people that live around that area that it's going to be carbon neutral and of course this is bullshit. Like it's only, I guess you can even call it loosely carbon neutral when before it's burnt. But the thing is, you're going to be burning this coal. So what are you talking about? Like you're going to be getting it out and doing all the things that you're doing. So why are you lying? So, um, it says here, a new coal mine in Cumbria has been given the green light by the government in the same week that the treasury launched a review into how the UK can end its contribution to global heating, which is what I think is funny. Like you're literally going backwards you're literally going backwards. It says the developer, West Cumbria Mining, said the 165 million mine, um, million pound mine would create 500 jobs. Now, we this is what gets me, like, it's people that live in um, 
you know, low income areas that are subjected to things that will ultimately impact their health and their well-being in a in a very, very major way. Like you know what you're doing by putting this coal mine in a very poor area in Cumbria. Like you know what you're doing. Like these people are desperate for jobs. So they're obviously they're gonna jump on the ting and be like, yeah, 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 fine, I'm gonna go there. But what's that gonna do to their health? What's it gonna do to the um the vicinity, what's it going to do to the environment nearby? That doesn't matter. Forget what's going to do to the UK as a whole and to the world as a whole. What's it going to do to this community specifically in terms of their health and everything else, just because you want to be making your money and you want to be greedy and you're lying to them by making them feel like it's a good thing by telling them it's carbon neutral. That is a fucking lie. Scientifically, it's inaccurate. It makes no fucking sense. So it says here, um, the Cumbrian MP Tim Farron called the decision a kick in the teeth in the fight to tackle climate change. Farron had asked the government to call in the decision after it received unanimous planning approval by Cumbria Council, uh, County Council in March. But his application has been rejected with the local Conservative MP Trudy Harrison saying sense has prevailed. So again, just clock that. That is another Tory MP that is a Tory MP that's out here really going, yeah, census prevail because obviously you don't care about the poor. So you're happy for this coal mine to come along and for people to be um, 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 affected negatively by it because ultimately you'll be lining your pockets. Um, Farron's a Liberal Democrat, the one who said that he doesn't want this to go ahead. Um, and he basically expressed his dismay, saying that the government should invest fully in zero carbon energy instead. He said Cumbria has so many renewable resources to provide energy, water, wind and solar. And we should most definitely not be taking the backward step of opening a new coal mine. Literally what I just said. The news came as the government announced its net zero review, which will assess how we can cut our emissions without seeing them exported elsewhere. The mine called Woodhouse Colliery, will be situated on the former Marken industrial site near Whitehaven. It will extract coking coal from under the sea nearby with access via the existing Sandwith um, Andrite, Anidrite um, mine portals, according to West Cumbria Mining. The company said... Um, the site would uh, site work should begin in early 2020 with coal production commencing two years later. It hopes to develop a mine that will produce 2 million to 3 million tonnes of hard metallurgical coal a year for around 50 years. Um, that just tells you pretty much what you need to know. Like that area is then going to be fucked for maybe 200 years after all of this is done. And I know that um, a lot of towns and um, people were impacted when a lot of mines were shut um, back in the day and they didn't really get anything to replace them in terms of work. And I fully feel that. But it wasn't great for their health, even having it there. It wasn't great for the environment, whatever. But that's not like the government cared about any of that. They just had other resources that they could use because, and they just didn't bother to give these people in these towns something else that they could be doing um, and to feel like they were living life, you know? And to then be like, you know what, let's go back to these towns again, these um, towns that we've deprived of so much um, and give them another mine and let them get on with it and just make themselves sick and just work themselves to the bone because at the end of the day, we'll be getting money and we'll be feeling great. Um, I don't think the UK cares about um, climate change. I don't think they care because... 
And, and what's funny to me is that climate change, again, it's, it's these poor areas that it's going to affect. So if there's a flood, you guys don't really have dams. If there's a flood and all of that because of gl- um, global warming, because of, you know, climate change generally, it's going to disproportionately affect you. Yeah. And then you're the ones that the government isn't even going to help to come up with ways to stop these floodings and stop these things happening to you because they don't give a shit. Yet you're the ones that they're trying to give this these coal mines to to really help you be the architects of your own misfortune. I just think it's fucked. And I just really wanted to um, share that. Like, I'm sure you can find more articulate and more informative um people to talk about this thing specifically but I remember seeing it and just thinking like this is fucked like it's not even necessarily for me a race issue at this moment to me it's just in terms of a it's class that I'm thinking about and how the working class just get fucked over all of the time and um putting themselves at physical emotional mental risk all of the time just to benefit the upper classes and I think that is it's bullshit it's bullshit and it needs to stop so um my next so I didn't even finish that. So the West Cumbria mining and all of them people there, you can all obviously go suck your mums um, with a coal pipe is what I would advise for you to do. Go and mine out your mother's pussies, you dickheads, pricks. Um, my next um, straw of the week goes out to the Grenfell inquiry judge who has ruled that those who give evidence uh, of their wrongdoing, um, you know, regarding the Grenfell fire, like the companies in that will not, um, will be immune from, you know, being sentenced or whatever, or being convicted. So I'm just checking here. It says here, um, Last week, Mr. Jonathan Laidlaw, QC, made an application on behalf of certain persons who were expecting to be called to give evidence in module one of phase two of the inquiry, seeking to persuade the panel that we should invite the attorney general to give a formal undertaking that nothing said by a witness in the court um, in the course of giving evidence in the inquiry would be used in furtherance of a prosecution against that person. In the course of his submissions, Mr. Laidlaw made it clear that in the absence of an undertaking, those whose interests he represented would be likely to claim privilege against self-incrimination in response to any question which touched in a way um, on the way in which they performed their functions in um, relation to the design of the refurbishment, the choice of the materials used in it or in the way that the work was carried out. It now appears likely that others who were involved in the refurbishment are likely to adopt a similar position. So basically, um, this was put forward by one of the barristers or whatever. And, um, the judges basically said, it's cool. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. We can, um, we can do that. You can be immune from, um, prosecution against you. If, you know, when you testify, anything is found to have been directly, um, you know, direct, directly impactful, um, that directly impacted rather fucking hell, I'm tired, directly impacted, the Grenfell fire. So ultimately I'm just like, so what the fuck, why are we doing an inquiry then? Why are we doing an inquiry then? If basically what we're doing here and we knew it was going to happen is to be like, oh, so we were right. All of these people that worked on the refurbishment, all of these people are guilty. They basically are guilty as far as I'm concerned of murder or at least manslaughter or because the negligence was wild and you didn't care because these people are poor. They're not, you know, the, the majority of them are not white. So it's just like, oh, well, it is what it is 
that happened. So now you're like, well, if you tell the truth, don't worry, because fuck all will happen to you anyway. Like, we're going to make sure of that. And that's now what's happening. So of course, everyone can now admit their wrongdoing. Of course, everyone can be like, yeah, that's what I did. So we'll really get no justice for the Grenfell victims. We'll not get justice for the people who managed to survive, but are traumatized forever. Nobody's going to get the justice that they deserve because again, everyone's protecting their own interests. And these people who are not working class are protecting their own interests because, you know, what it's it's fine it's fine it's just those poor people over there who died nobody gives a shit and so that's why I feel like the judge and everybody else who's trying to get out of being responsible for this tragedy they can all suck their mums and they can suck their mothers for eternity because it's absolutely vile um then I've got a letter let me get to my letter so it says here SYM to UK universities Hi, Kalechi. Um, Kalechi? Hi, Kalechi. Firstly, two slaps on your chest for the work you do to ensure black voices are heard in this country and for the boss woman you are in running your own studio. Thank you. I promised myself I would write this letter to you on Twitter. It's even on my vision board for this year. I didn't attend your live show, sadly, but I listened back and I love the segment where you created a space for people to jump on the mic and just SYM. I would love you to share my story with other podcast listeners but funnily enough it's fairly similar to one of the letters you read out um just last week well it would have been a while back now i guess i'm still writing my letter though to reiterate that we are not alone or unheard in this world of white people moving mad and breaking their um backs protecting each other woo just said it um my issue of racism specifically relates to university and how they will go to the end of the world to deny the racism that seeps out of their fucking assholes i'm swearing because i can't say this to them in real life unfortunately towards the end of last year i submitted a racial harassment grievance against my manager who has used her own lips to speak derogatory words align black people with crime and even stuttered when pressured to say the word black interestingly though the university does not see this combined with her unfair treatment towards me as racist in their view her mismanagement of me was simply a case of bad line managing skills which they plan to address by coaching her they do acknowledge that she's unable to form relationships with people from different backgrounds and lacks understanding how not to be downright racist my words because she doesn't live in a diverse society. My mind was and is still blown at the thought that this could be acceptable. I then had to remind myself that institutional racism exists in higher education and universities will do the most to set up BAME, hate that term, networks and celebrate black history, usually by remembering uh, reminding students and staff about slavery, um, celebrating Black History Month. Um, the moment these groups show any form of resistance to the status quo or question structures that continue to oppress them, the universities will move very, very, very mad and shut down any grievances or complaints. Complaints. They are able to do this by telling you that actually your harassment claim isn't based on race. It's a personality clash or it's a misunderstanding. Fucked up, right? It's funny to me that the people who complain about racism in universities aren't the ones who actually get to make the important decisions. I was told by the most senior person in HR that institutional racism does not exist in the university and not only that the person went on to say that they weren't aware of any negative stereotypes that black women face in the workplace are you kidding me they all nodded their heads like fucking churchill dogs including the accused who admits to having unconscious bias because we all do saying that 
um, no, they were not aware of any particular negative stereotypes about black women and therefore didn't understand the question posed. That right there told me all I needed to know. Only God knows how it is possible to admit to an uncons- to unconscious bias, but not see that those biases come from the negative stereotypes that we may get from media, family, culture, etc., to any black woman in a similar situation if you're struggling with a similar fuckery at work i can only advise that you take it as far as you feel mentally able to i doubt i will go to a tribunal because of this not because i don't believe in and believe my manager is racist but instead i recognize the lengths institutions will go to to protect their own if you saw the way they covered her in cotton wool one even had the nerve to say that they had never experienced any of what i'm saying and they wouldn't work somewhere if they thought it was racist rolls eyes of course you haven't i honestly wanted to give her an African twist of the ear and shout sense into her head. A few episodes ago, you said that you didn't feel that you were brave or bold when people give you the props or accolades. I hope I've got that right. In fact, you deserve all the accolades. You're a boss, so you can really not give a shit about standing up for what you believe. Um, The way you speak up for black people, um, a lot of people, including myself at times, don't do it because of what work colleagues might say or how how they fear they might come across too black, for example. So whilst it may go unappreciated or you might feel like others aren't putting the respect you rightfully deserve on your name, it honestly doesn't go unnoticed. From listening to your podcast, I'm now going to work blacker than ever. And to be honest, not giving a shit anymore about if I'm coming across as aggressive, unprofessional or curt. All of this is based on racism, simple as. It's never about something you've done, instead based on their own conscious bias against black women. Lastly, I would advise women to take advantage of the employee assistance programs in their workplace and um, access the free counselling available if they can. I believe that universities will do the absolute most to deny racism. What they need to do is correctly address it by gross misconduct procedures um, available, but also by offering complainants adequate support and recognising their trauma. You could not believe how many times I was told by um, about the emotional effect of um, of my complaint um, that my complaint had on my manager. Imagine, kissing my teeth. I end by offering out a huge straw to UK universities who don't actually give a shit about equality in a workplace to suck their mothers with. Kind regards. C, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you. That's a brilliant straw of the week because, like I said, all of these institutions move mad and they'll do everything they can to be like, racism, never heard of it, never felt that emotion. It's unconscious after all, you nigger monkey, blacky bitch. Um, But they know fully what they're doing. So it is, there you go. There you go. Anyway, that's the end of um, today's episode. I managed to get through everything, I think, um, without muddling things up. But if I muddled things up, I'm sure some of you will write to me and tell me like you always do. To be fair, there aren't lots of them. But yeah, I appreciate it when you point out um, little bits. But um, yeah, that's it, man. Like I've said everything that needs to be said. I'll put all the captions and the links that I promised you. I'll put it in the places that need to be where they need to be. If you're listening to this episode on a Monday, I just want to wish you a great week. And when everyone's doing romancing, romancing, if you're not um, with anybody that you're romancing, remember what Toni Morrison said, like the romance that's even sold to us in this society is detrimental anyway. Focus on love, focus on the love that transcends lifetimes, focus on a love that um, that ignites your soul, focus on that, whether it's a love of self, a love of family, a love of humanity, focus on that. Um, all the other things will come in their own time. So yeah, that's it. I have been Kelechi Okafor.
And this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. Thank you to BetterHelp for supporting this episode and sponsoring it. And thank you to all of you for listening. Like I said, go use the um, BetterHelp code and that's betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp, betterhelp.com forward slash mind and get 10% off your first month. Um, And go and have a great week. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind